your goodness. What about my goodness? Oh, so many goodnesses. So many goodnesses. I. It's ridiculous. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) From from every every angle, just ridiculous after ridiculous. Um. I, uh, I've seen so many people say that they feel like they haven't really been able to take a deep breath for four and a half years. <laughs> and that is ki- God, yeah, kind of how relatable. I feel. Like, um, however, yes. uh, also still like cautiously optimistic, but still no- not knowing sure. that horrible things could explode and hit the fan and we could all wind up in the belly of a pelican. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh my god. No, I I completely I could not agree more with that sentiment. And like it it really made me notice because look, like we've all well, as much as we've been able to exercise our own privilege in so doing, let's just make that the the uh-huh. boilerplate statement. Um, we've been able to maybe have great personal lives over the last four years or, or movement in our careers or our art or friendships or whatever. Like your world goes on ostensibly. Obviously that's a majorly privileged thing to say and I acknowledge it. But for, I would say for Mm -hmm. most Americans, we've gone to work, we've been with our families, we've been with our friends, we've been blah, blah, blah. And I don't think I realized how much my inherent joy was just fucking hobbled by the fact that no matter what was going on personally, no matter what what jobs I had or parties I went to or whatever, I still woke up every morning knowing that we were falling deeper and deeper into yeah. a fascist nightmare. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and every morning it was like, oh, what's it going to be today? Is it a military parade? <laughs> Is it going to be right. <laughs> sacrificing everyone's firstborn? <laughs> like, yes. What's, mm-hmm. what's next? What Truly. Next? I mean... And, like, still being able to live your life and be happy under the panoply of that is, like, is, I think, what we got used to doing because there was just nothing to be done about it. And now, now the contrast, when this is a year where there has been almost no joy, (laughs) this has been a terrible year under fascism and with so many of us unemployed and sick and dead and locked at home right i mean this has been a a a joyless withering a Mm -hmm. grueling year and yet still under all of those circumstances this morning i woke up with like a fucking song in my heart oh yay (laughs) oh i uh hi i'm (sighs) i'm lillian bustle (laughs) I am Jen Ponton, and together we give oh, all the fucks. Them. We give every single last fuck. Just when about you think that one. there are no fucks Good left Lord. to give, our deep, our deep unending oh, no, wellspring just just pops a new new spring, uh, a, a new new rivulets <laughs> of fucks just keep coming. <laughs> 
cum oozing out of everywhere. Just keep, yeah, it's like fucking, uh, what's that, uh, what's the one at Yosemite? Oh, Old Faithful? Um, yes. Uh, old Faithful. <laughs> we are an old oh, faithful yes. full of fucks. <laughs> a geyser, a veritable geyser. Yeah, I just, like, I feel, and I, and I, and I feel like it's really, really important, especially the more privilege you have with us as white people, for sure, um, to acknowledge that we're not the ones who made this happen. Uh, and there is so much work to be done to not just get back to what normal means for You mean to bring the people, change around, right? We're not to... the ones who... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Adam was telling me about a map that he saw that was like... It was only it was a it was a color map like the red and blue map, but it was if only if no white people had voted, and it was all blue. Okay. Oh, oh my god, I saw those, and <laughs> so mm-hmm, it was all blue. Um, and then there were comparative maps too of like if only white men voted, mm. if only white women voted, if only black men voted, if only black women, only indigenous folks, blah blah, blah all of that. The white women map was almost identical to the white male map, except I think like Colorado Jesus. was blue. In, really? For white women. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I know it's, I really truly can't wrap my, my head around it. Um, but like, and let's absolutely enjoy this moment because there's I been know. nothing enjoyable and we deserve to oh enjoy it. We really do. Oh, we when I came home do. last night and watched the, Holy um, fuck. The acceptance speeches with everybody honking their horns and everything. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, Biden's gonna Biden, and it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, fine. Uh, it's fine. I really liked Kamala's it's, yeah. um, speech, but but regardless of of how inspirational they were, I, I like my body was racked with tears. I was so happy. Mm, yes it's it, and it was re- it was like yeah, anxiety I, relief true. not like joy, joy and yeah. and pure hope yeah, yeah. like with obama's stuff but it was definitely like um a valve had been released <laughs> yes for sure for sure and you know we fully acknowledge that um for the most marginalized among us that that these candidates have a lot of work to do for sure. But uh, it was very reassuring and, and inspiring to hear them verbally address racial justice as one yeah, of the Yeah, apparently the first time that transgender folks like, were um, mentioned in that kind of speech. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Both Biden and Harris talked about um, rooting out uh racial yeah. inequalities um and like that they've got like a four part plan i i forget what the fourth one is but one is one is the racial divide one is covid one is healthcare and i was like oh mm-hmm. that's what we need i mean let's start there the fourth i think let's, might have been in the let's environment start there <laughs> yeah 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 for fuck's sake right mm. <laughs> yeah so it feels it feels really yeah. really really good really good and um to anyone who's having trouble relaxing into the relief of this i yeah hear you and feel you and am 
and am hopeful that uh, something will feel better to and mm-hmm. for you soon. Um, but, but yeah, we. It's important for the work that comes ahead, and especially for the two and a half months we now have to wait for this giant baby to finish up his one and only term. What kind of senioritis um, is this guy going to have? Like, what is he going to pull? Like, oh, what is he going to try? God. There's going to be some crazy-ass Hail Marys, I bet you. And I... Absolutely. I don't know. God, it was so nice to see Rick Santorum. I'm so sad. <laughs> I'm, I'm generally not the kind of person who revels in someone else's sadness. But when it's such a monster, it's fine. Mm. I don't mind it when monsters are sad. No, I don't either. And honestly, I just... What I keep mentally coming around to is the is the is the Rubik's cube of like, where do we go from here with these people? Right. How how I it's like that meme. I don't know how to teach you to care about other people. Yeah. Like, it do, doesn't it just ultimately yeah. come down to that. Like whether people have you yeah, can't yeah, yeah. teach uh, it. Well, can't. Or at least if you can and do, you well, should hate your fucking true. labor. Um, <laughs> but I think that that's something that we should be discussing. Like, uh, the things that we say you can't teach, right? It's mostly, it's right. mostly, I think, behavioral and situational stuff. Like, it's, 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 um, it's reactions, right. it's first impressions, it's um, crisis management skills that we, that we learn without being taught because we just absorb it from around us. So why, if we can right. do anti-bullying stuff, like why mm-hmm. it's at least worth a, a try. <laughs> it it uh, has to be worth a try, right? I mean, because otherwise the, the, there are some options on the table. One of them is secession. <laughs> And I'm not even saying like where this where they divide, right? Because we've got plenty of nut jobs in Jersey. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, but I am saying like if you feel like you just want to be a, a racist, hateful pig, Oof, you go over well, there with your friends. When, it, it it makes, I was just well. telling somebody the other day that like I'm so fortunate to have lived in in incredibly um, diverse places for most of my adult life, mm-hmm. to the point where when I am in a place. That's all white people, especially all white men. Boy, does it make me squirrely. And I was listening to the promise. Mm, I was listening to the promise keepers episode of uh, the dollop the other day. And my butt just clenched, like listening to them talk about this, just an entire, oh, an entire like MetLife stadium full of white men (laughs) who were like, finally, I can be a man. I mean, oh, when that happens, God. especially since everybody's bought all the ammo now, like, I think, I think that our, I think, here's what I hope. Oh, fuck. Um, fingers crossed that since COVID, since so many people have wound up who are younger and, and more progressive and from blue states have, have gone from blue states back to where they grew up, which are not always blue places. Right. That perhaps. Right, right. Um, as people are readjusting and discovering, uh, maybe maybe that's going to help. Maybe it, maybe it's going to bring enough. But it, 
that's a really good thought, right? Because our world is just, no matter what happens with the, with the disease, our world is going to have to be considerably more virtual right. in nature from here on out. And so the, the lack of necessity in having your, by and large, liberal kids moving to New York and California, um, that means that you've got those minds right. in those places where those minds mm-hmm. usually have to leave. And I think, yeah, I think having only two places where you can pursue a whole lot of work is harmful for yeah. the re- for the for the, the especially actual like makeup on, of the to be honest, like honestly. And I love I love New York, and I understand California, even though I haven't been there. But like, what two horror shows of places? Like, actual New York City, and let's say L.A. or San Francisco, either way, um, what terrible places mm. to have to go to feel like you're going to make it? Like, the hardest places in the world to live. And, like, <laughs> those fuckers have yeah. uh, earthquakes and, <laughs> and like, pollution and, like, all uh-huh. of that. So, and uh, in addition to everything else. And, like, you have to have a car out there. Uh, and here, like, you get what you get, but yep. then also... You know, perhaps your apartment is cheap because it's really close to the entrance to the Holland Tunnel and you're breathing in all that fucking exhaust all the time. Like, whatever (laughs) it is, every time we go, every time we go by that tunnel, there's a building that's right next door. And I'm like, who lives there? I need a documentary right now. (laughs) Mm. That's a great point. But, but, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where places start to thrive when people don't feel like they have to be pushed in in such polarizing directions so yeah yeah um i i like that that's that see now that's the kind of that's the kind of reassuring thinking outside the box that my brain needed when my brain was like i guess we have to be two countries that's so funny <laughs> no that's i mean that's the worst like that's just more confirmation bias for for both it's, sides it's really not a good like thing. it it also my god wouldn't the world wouldn't the world be so oh, mad shit. at us if we let them have their own country yeah. are you yeah, fucking kidding me um it also makes me think of <laughs> oh crap was it walking dead yeah i think it was walking dead where there was a, a community of just women um and when they find them like they are they're kicking ass and they're doing stuff for themselves and they've they've formed this like wonderful community but ultimately somebody has like a soft heart and takes pity on somebody and it fucks up their whole community <laughs> Ah. so like (laughs) no so i mean ultimately we uh liberals aren't really super great with the protect yourself shit that we do actually need i don't know whatever we could posit and (laughs) hypothesize that we do need right right but one of the things that we had talked about discussing today was like happy surprises right is that what you had yeah. Happy surprises. Yeah. I mean, y- yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> which now leads me to, to, to like, well, what the fuck are the happy surprises in my life? But, um, uh, or like the wins. Wins Maybe is happy what, surprises yeah, wins is like what wins my, my first really instinct was here. And, um, and we have touched yeah. upon this before because I, um, have been 
entering contests basically my entire life <laughs> and uh, and have won a lot of really weird and interesting things over the course of my life, um, which led me to believe that winning is more of a numbers game than an effort game, which is a whole other issue about all of all of my issues. Uh, <laughs> I start. <laughs> Though not for nothing. You're not like uh, wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. both. It's both. But yeah. Um, <laughs> that and, you know, growing up with religion and praying, wanting something hard enough, praying and wanting something uh, and expecting that it will be delivered to you because you asked for it nicely, like kind of kind of jerked up my work mm. ethic is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, I have no idea how people who uh, who are like taught that prayer is everything. Not that I don't think that it's it's for sure something that uh, that should be used as a resource if for no if for nothing sure. else than for your own heart. Right. But like, um, I don't know. Prayer seems like a, a lot to. to Why? Yes. <laughs> Why? Yes. However, seems to be <laughs> enough to keep people not wearing masks. So. Oh and out there, God. I'm praying for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, like when I think about when I think about wins, um, I ha- this is not something that I've thought about in a long time either. But my jumping off point would be like dumb stuff like raffles or coloring contests. Um, my mom really liked mm-hmm. to win, and she wanted me to win, and so. Um, I remember the coloring contests that I won big on where I was like, yeah, I'm good at coloring. Woo woo. Um, my favorite thing that I ever won in a coloring contest was a yellow Goonies backpack. It was very oh my God, poorly made, so but it was the yellow backpack, which I think is the kind that Data was wearing in the, um, in the movie. And uh, on the little front oh, pocket, maybe. it was like a silhouette of all of them and sloth, like running through the cave or something. Oh, it was I really cute. That. And was it like, was it like that terrible eighties vinyl? Yeah, that ripped so the web, the like the, the mesh right? stuff yeah, that you yeah. could. Yeah, and it, when it started to fall apart, it looked yeah. like a frayed um, burlap bag. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Plus, it was oh yellow, God, which means amazing. it got dirty like instantly. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was the best. I also won, I think, in a drawing or a sweepstakes thing. I won a, a basketball back stop backsplash. What's it called? The basketball hoop backboard. Oh, a, ba- a backboard. Yes, the basketball backsplash. <laughs> you know that, that can't be it. The basketball kind of backsplash. <laughs> the bounce. No, no, no. You're right. Bounce board. Let's, mm, I think. Anyway, it was really? the pole. And the board and the hoop <laughs> and the thing that you would supposed you're supposed to like sink it into cement, but of course, our family was not oh, going to do something sure. like that. So my mom just found like a really heavy planter and then dumped some of the sand from our shitty sandbox for when I was a child. In it. Wow! Oh wait, wait, wait. God, I love on it. the back of the backboard was the logo for Food Lion. <laughs> Which is the supermarket that I want it from. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Isn't that amazing. awful? I love that you won shit because I never did. Uh, as like, I never won shit, and like, man, those were the oh, that uh, there is one, there's one notable adolescent exception. Uh, mm-hmm. I will, I will tell you in a moment, but like, when we were growing up, but probably especially me, uh, it was the days of constant Nickelodeon and Disney. Oh, I did not have cable. This is like all the fuck they did in the 90s. They would have these giant sweepstakes where if you sent in a postcard to Stick Stickly, you could be uh, you could be a winner and go to fucking Nickelodeon Studios down in Orlando. You could go to uh, the Magic Kingdom. You could uh, go to you could go wow. to Disneyland. In some of them. And uh, there were also those sweepstakes and competitions where you could uh, where you could be selected to do, like, a toy run, right? Like, supermarket sweeps. Holy shit, I wanted to do uh-huh. that so bad. It got, I would, like, anytime I was in a toy department of someplace, I would, like, pick out the things that I would get. Mm-hmm. That was a game that I liked to play. I really wanted, um, there was this dumb toy called the Animator, where it, I don't even know how it worked, but it, you think that you actually had to know things to make it work, but you could make little cartoons. Like, you could draw, um, I don't know, three drawings of a horse, and then have it put it together to make it look like the horse was running. But, you had to be, like, kind of good at things. <laughs> to make it work um and i wanted a pocket rocker this was definitely before your time but maybe you have heard of this no they no were i tiny remember little... pocket rockers yeah do you remember the theme song no tell me it was like down on the corner out in the street pocket rockers do something blah blah, blah. um yeah it was that. And then everybody, it was like a bunch of really 80s kids in big hats and like neon things, like looking cool with their tiny little cassette tape on their lapel yes. or whatever. And I remember my mom being like, I know you really want that, but it's real stupid. They were so <laughs> stupid, right? And like as an adult, you look at toys and you're like, why would anyone ever want that? I want it because it's cute. It was Twee. So it badly. was Twee before Twee was a thing. This is true. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I loved, and I had lots of toys, but I always felt like I was not, that I was denied the kind of toy that I wanted. Mm, I understand that. And I had, I had um, great toys. I, 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 I mean, I, I won't say I didn't want for anything because I definitely wanted for, for things, but, um, mm-hmm. I, I had, I had a fucking, ha, um, power wheels and a million and one My Little Ponies and, you know, <sighs> the whole nine. Yeah. Really, it's like, it's fine. (laughs) Oh, here's a funny thing that I won a bunch of times. I really wanted to go on Double Dare as a kid. Like, oh, I wanted to go on Double Dare. And every so often I would treat myself to a little fantasy where like, who would I pick? And I'm like, well, obviously I should pick one of my best friends. But then I'm like, what if I picked that boy that I liked and he wanted to go on Double Dare with me and then we won. (laughs) So Mm. Oh my God, your first date would be... (laughs) Oh, oh my god, yeah, summers. exactly. We'd be digging around in, in pudding for a flag yes. um, oh, with hell. Mark Summers and his weird lips. <laughs> that guy's weird lips. He's cagey, that one. Um, 
I don't trust him. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> How can you possibly trust someone who's so creeped out by mess and can still function hosting a show like that? Wait. Like, he's severely OCD. Oh, really? Yeah, he Maybe hates Double messy, Dare dirty made, things. Did Double Dare make him that way? No, I don't think so. I mean, but couldn't, like... Man, that's the biopic that needs to be written, right? Like, oh, yeah. Mark Summers just kind of being a normal guy, and then all he does every single day is go to work where kids get slimed <laughs> over and over and over, and you can just see his mental health, like, deteriorating as it happens. He just has something gross under his nails all the time. <laughs> and it's always neon-colored. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the 80s, we were obsessed with that. Constantly. Oh, my God. Uh, I like that electric blue the best. Um, yes. But so uh, they had this thing where, I don't remember, you had to, like, watch, you had to answer some question and then mail it in. And they were every mm-hmm. single day that they asked this question and then you mailed something in, they would pull out of the right answers winners to win handheld double their games. And they were really, each one of them was a different game. Like, one of them was a pot where you had to catch pies in your pants or whatever. Um, and I had, like, five. I won, like, five of these. Wow! <laughs> so, I think that people weren't really entering, but um, they didn't obviously did not know how cool these little handheld games were because I was freaking obsessed. It's the little things. Uh, the I... The little things. I I put myself out there a million and one times for competitions, both numbers game wise and talent wise, and I just didn't get the kind of results that I that I wanted. So I pretty quickly was like, "Oh, I'm just like a professional loser," and then yeah. I, but that was okay with me, right? Because it was like, "Well, I can lean into this. I can I can make this work for me." <laughs> Sure. I mean, listen, I work having worked at Bush Gardens and in other, I guess, jobs where, well, like my raffles for all the burlesque shows and stuff like that. So many times, so many times people are like, oh, my God, I've never won anything in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And then I get to give them a prize, whether it was like a stupid stuffed fucking toucan at Bush Gardens or whether it's a bag full of like five hundred dollars worth of stuff at one of my Mm -hmm. shows. And and it's so fun because it doesn't matter it's that um, it's the reward part of your brain. It yes. touches the same part of your brain whether you won a thousand dollars or whether you won a toucan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, if you won a real toucan, that would be a whole other thing because that's like a commitment. But what if you won a baby toucan? <laughs> a baby toucan. <laughs> a white one. Have you guys have you guys seen baby toucans before? Jen sent me a picture of a baby toucan and I lost my shit. And then she photoshopped herself into it and sent it to I, everyone she loved. Yes. Then I then I, I used an app and I made it look like it was sitting right on my shoulder. And it was, and then all of a sudden it apparated. <laughs> Bing. I now bet a toucan would probably would try to <sighs> It's time, girl. It's it's time. Like, what the hell are you waiting for, right? You've got got five thriving plants. You can do this. I do. You guys, I have have been keeping a number of actual plants alive for more than a month. Um, So good. But sugar gliders are expensive, and I have a cat. So it seems like a bad bet that she might not eat it. 
to like put any kind of money on my cat not trying to murder another animal in the house is not I'm gonna lose that bet but but that said you are there all the time (laughs) so (sighs) but what happens when I'm not like I don't you put the sugar glider in one room and you close the door or you put Sabine in one room and you close the door no, well, she's not going to probably that. the sugar glider. Put the sugar glider yeah, yeah. in, in like All a right. bathroom. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. It's a but, really good um, idea. Oh man, this is not a time to be making decisions like that. Like I'm, I'm like worried about the tattoo that I want to get, and I've been thinking about it for like five years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, wh- <laughs> What else? What else have I won? I've never. Oh, oh! I did win an actual animal one time. I won a goldfish. Shit! At, uh, it was like the St. John's County Fair, and it was one of those things where you you toss a, a ping pong ball yep. into a fish bowl, and of course the fish died like right away. Um. Mm. Uh. I. Oh, when I was a kid, I have pictures of me with um giant stuffed toys that I won at Bush Gardens as a baby. Oh like my I'm talking like God. three or four. Because my mom used to put ten bucks down on the where you get the red rings and you try to toss them over the Coke bottles. Yes. Uh and there's no skill involved. All you do is throw them. So mm-hmm. for a child, you get to stand on a thing and throw some stuff and it makes fun noises, right? Mm-hmm. And like it, you might win, you might not win. Mom's like, you're probably not gonna win. But dumb, stupid luck and not caring got me, like, the hugest stuffed unicorn and, like, a giant um, monkey. I just, I don't Shit, know. you just reminded me that I had a giant stuffed unicorn. Ooh, where'd you get it from? I have no idea. <laughs> None. It was big. It was the size of, like, a body pillow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine was huge. And it could stand up. Because, it, like, its position, the position that it was sewn in was, like, rearing up on its hind hooves. Ooh. Mm. Mine was sitting down. It did not have soft hair. Uh, but, yeah, I forgot all about that. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> I wanted Mine wasn't one of soft those... at all. It had those terrible, hard, the firm styrofoam oh, beads inside of it. Barf. Which I know because eventually a mouse ate some of it and then uh, it all came out so sure <laughs> that's what it was like growing up in my house i can't tell you how many times i longed to win one of those gigantic carnival stuffed animals and in hindsight oh, yeah i'm so glad that i didn't and i'm sure my parents are like 20 <laughs> times happier that i didn't yeah <laughs> it's really more of a burden than anything it's like the the worst weirdest trophy that you can ever get right <laughs> Kids love them. It's just like, this is the thing I need. I never won shit on boardwalks or at amusement parks or anything like that. I did do one, like, ooh, burped. I did do I one. burped at the same time. I did. We had simultaneous burps. Yes, oh I tried God. to do it real, real quiet, and so it came out real hot out my nose. <laughs> I did, uh, when I was like 13 or 14, maybe 14, I think I was in high school. Um, I did, however, enter some contest in like Twist Magazine or YM or 17, and I won! And I won two little bottles of nail polish. 
Uh um, from an indie company. And I swear to God, I had these bottles well into my 20s because I was, because I loved (laughs) them. And they were trophies, yes. And they Mm -hmm. were pretty bottles and they had gold tops and they were good colors. They were both um, metallic, shiny purples. One was like shiny lavender, a metallic lavender, and the other one was like metallic fuchsia. Yum. And I used yes, them please. Sign all me up. the fucking way until I was like married and they were very <laughs> clumpy and going on 15 years old. <laughs> you can just keep you can just keep putting an eyedropper full of uh, nail polish remover oh, that's over and true. over. You yes. can just keep doing that. I just did that this weekend. Shake it up. You're good. Hell yes. Ooh, uh, yeah. Well, but that's going to keep me from decluttering. Mm. yeah no no i mean it's, <laughs> it's so, just nail polish though like if you're gonna have a glut of something that's a, that is an okay problem to have you know true. what i mean like that is at most like a large caboodle full of yes polish. yes <laughs> um also there was this was a fun and very weird one um because i really i have not won much in my life. Uh, and it kills me that I never win bingo because I spent a lot of money on vacation ah! playing bingo. I don't think I've ever won bingo. I don't <sighs> think I've ever won bingo. I mean, come on, right? And that's a skillless game. Um, but yeah, I... But you just have to be paying attention, kind of. Yeah, yeah, right. You have to... Yeah, you got to be listening and attentive. And uh, But no, I never fucking win bingo. Um, although I won bingo bongo. And in fact... Yes, that's right. Yeah, I've got one of my... I've got one of my prizes next to me. Oh, yeah, what'd you win? Uh, the something... The Sometimes Beautiful Book of Essays. <gasps> oh, nice. Right? Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, that was good. Um... So, uh, my freshman, the first semester of my freshman year of college, I went to college with one of my closest friends in high school. She and I went in freshman year as roommates and, like, we moved in together and went through orientation together and everything was bananas. It was so, it's so weird coming in as a freshman, especially when they create all of this programming for you to get you used to college. And mm. neither of us were, were expecting it at all. And we didn't want to take part in any of it. <laughs> so we spent like the first two weeks at school hiding from these roving bands of celebratory people being like, freshmen, <laughs> come out. And we were like, no. Well, <laughs> one of the things that oh, we God, did. I hate that joiner oh, shit. Oh, God. Shit. It was so weird. And like. The crazy it's hard enough without yes. all that manufactured bullshit. Like, don't make me yes. feel like I have to be part of this to be part of this. A thousand Gross. percent. The craziest yeah. stuff was like we, you know, we had only been settling for like maybe a day, if that. So we mm-hmm. we moved in and we got our beds made, and we're like, oh my god, we're away from home. Oh my god, you know, and and just having this moment together, and all of a sudden, outside of our dorm suite we can hear this huge crowd walking past and and uh, and and you know caterwauling and cheering and and you know basically just everything short of an air horn 
And, <laughs> and they were knocking on everyone's door to basically get people to, to come out and like join this giant fucking conga line of freshmen. And it is how a lot of freshmen got to know each other. Not it. Not me. Mostly Was it really I, a conga line? But I mean, it was a giant line of people and there was a lot of music and a lot of celebration. Celebrating. Celebrating. So I, I mean, in my head for the last fifteen years, yes, I've thought of it as a conga line. It would have been better if it had been a conga line. Right. I tell you, when I see things like that, I think of when people, when you're like, "What do you like to do?" and someone says, "I like to have fun." That's what I think of. (laughs) That's what I think of is people just screaming "woo" for no reason. Boring. Are we going to an escape room? Like, what are we doing? Where are we I going? hate. We're just to gonna have go have fun. fun. We're gonna go have fun. <laughs> I hate. I hate fun. I love fun. So she and I, like, we're just and and we and also they were like, you have to come out and meet people, and we're like, we're theater majors. We're gonna be good. Like. Yeah, for sure. You know? Like, sorry, you guys don't have built-in social shit in a your... A thousand uh, percent. Quantum physics <laughs> Right. Major. You're only going to be going to class. You have to figure out people to have fun with. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, no, and of course we made friends immediately upon being in the arts curriculum. But mm. uh, one of the things that we did acquiesce to doing was that there was like a freshman talent show. <laughs> and it was in one of the... One of the, like, common spaces of the campus okay. that I don't think I ever ended up in ever again, because <laughs> I was I only... Had, we definitely had ones like that where I was like, who, how long has this been here? Right? Do people hang out here? Yes, and students totally do. Like, it's where normal people go, I guess. But, wow. right, all I was ever in were the, um, were the dining halls and the arts building and my dorm, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... <clears throat> so we were like, well, okay, let's let's go do this talent show, whatever. I don't even, I don't know if we've been strong armed into it or what, but we decided to do that, and we had, we were, uh, we had done barbershop together uh, for years, and so we sang in harmony for the talent show, and of course yeah, it absolutely. was like, it was ludicrous compared to what these other incoming freshmen were doing but we were like whatever this is what we'll do so we sang <laughs> and then they had the finals right so you so they chose like three acts to perform twice or something and when we performed the second time in this common space everybody lost their fucking mind and we won a giant boom box <laughs> Ooh, seriously? We won a boombox. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's a great prize. It was. Especially it was a college. Great, yeah, shit. totally. It was a great I had prize. Te- I had terrible CD players in college. Like, terrible. Um, What did I bring to college? Probably a little one. I'm pretty... I think I brought a little one. Um, But ultimately... Uh, ultimately, both... Drea and I had ways to play music. And so they give us this giant boombox and we're like, what are we going to do with this? And we look out in the crowd and we're like, does anyone not have a boombox? And somebody raised their hands. We were like, here you go. 
<laughs> oh my god, Isn't that's right? so nice. And we, that's you know, the loveliest. Oh my god! And then you were the most popular kids in school. Not never. <laughs> <laughs> not never so i almost won a boom box um but Aww. it definitely like i it i had no need for it and somebody else mm, was able to use it instead yeah it's very cute so i did i won that and i won nail polish and then like pretty much every other competitive thing that I did, I was just always surrounded by really talented kids. I went to high school with a lot of really talented kids, Mm. um, especially musically. Oh, yeah, same here. Tons of really talented singers and musicians. And so, um, and, and I don't know, obviously there's definitely a sense of winning when it comes to like whether you get a role or not. Like, winning is a huge sensation as an actor and seeing your name go up on a cast list. Um, So when I got parts that I had really wanted, the few times that that happened, honestly, uh, especially in high school, it really was not happening there. Um, But that always felt like a win. Um, And... Obviously, forensics was was very competitive, and I was sure. never, um, I was never. That was so. I mean, my God, that was so steeply competitive, and everyone that I was with was so fucking good. Mm. These kids were. That's just, wonderful to be in good company like that. Oh I love that. I God. love being around talented people. Oh, it was the best. And it, I mean, the, the still things that I think of to this day. In fact, I have a friend from forensics um, who he, he my my category was HI humorous interpretation. Mm-hmm. And he was a senior when I was a freshman, so I only spent one year competing with him. But he was brilliant, and he did – his piece was an episode of Faulty Towers. Oh, wow. And it was Holy shit. so good. And I still think about it to this day, this 17-year-old kid. Flash forward, we are friends on Facebook, and I learned that not only is he, of course, in New York and doing improv, but also he makes his own one-man shows that go up at, like, Joe's Pub. Ah! And um, one of the things that he... Good for him. That's oh, awesome. He's great. He does a show called Birthday Sex, where, <laughs> where he plays... Uh, a German man named Mannheim von Tutlingen. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> and, listening. And Mannheim is obsessed with 80s movies. Okay. Obsessed. So in the birthday sax show, Mannheim dresses up as Ferris Bueller, so he's got the vest over the white t-shirt. Oh my god. And he and his Fräuleins do all of these little skits and songs from like marked 80s moments in pop culture. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> I fucking love him. That's Tim Gerbach. He's brilliant. So, He's been brilliant since up, he was literally a child. Um, I gotta tell you, I, I will say as <laughs> joyous as we have been in these last few moments about things turning around, 
boy, did that make me fucking ache. Mm. Just hearing you talk about like people doing watching. something creative and weird yeah. at Joe's Pub, like especially Joe's Pub. That's one yeah. of my favorite places in the world. Oh, oh God, I just miss. I'm I miss being around people like live live theater and live music. Last night was epic. Um, I'm gonna take a tiny sidebar. Yes, please do. I, uh, I want to hear all about last night. Sure. So I there is a show that's been happening in Jersey City for a number of years called The Ghost of Uncle Joe's. Um, there was a ban- uh, bar back in the year in the day called Uncle Joe's, and they used to do every Halloween. Local bands would get dressed up as other bands, famous bands like Kiss or Queen or whatever. And the bands had a tra- they had a tradition where everybody would do this, and then when Uncle Joe's closed. Um, they started doing it as a fundraiser for, we have this weird old cemetery um, called the Harsimus Cemetery, which <laughs> has run out of funding. Um, you need money to run a cemetery. You need money to keep things up. And as soon as you sold all the grave plots, there's no income. Have you ever thought about how horrifying that is before? That's a new reason to fear death. Hooray. <laughs> uh, so they do fundraisers at the cemetery all the time. So um, last night it was bands who were covering like Stone Temple Pilots and Tool, and I was emceeing, uh, and so I dressed up as the the B girl from the No Rain video, and I was very adorable. Uh, and there were moments where I was standing behind the stage, just like near a speaker, letting the music sort of thump in my chest, and the lights were going all crazy. <sighs> And, like, I could feel people, like, I was right next to, I was, the drummer was right next to the backdrop that I was standing behind. I just stood there and I was like, ugh, the shit that we took for granted. Mm. And, And the things that I did not realize I needed to make my soul feel like that. And I'm not even a huge concert person, but it's just, like, live performance in general is what really cranks my crank. Yeah, that's and that's interesting. I have never, uh, I haven't thought about that as one of my prime motivators in a while. Um, but it it really is, and I'm very grateful that I saw some really good shit uh, in the last. I don't know, in the last three months before everything got shut down. Um, sure. You know, going to see your shows, going to see, I did, I was at, uh, I was at the public to go see, uh, um, Aham Oluo's, uh, show Susan. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yes. My God. Oh, my God. He's mm-hmm. so he's such a fucking polymath. He's brilliant. Beyond <laughs> brilliant. And that kind of shit is just so good for me. Well, yeah, and you can see that that kind of thing. So if it is a movie or it's a webisode and it's like it's structured so that you're watching it like a narrative that you wouldn't necessarily see in front of your face. Mm. It's one thing. Seeing something like a Broadway show that's like archivally filmed or even Hamilton, like that's a very different feel. And you're like, oh, I kind of feel like I'm there. But you know you're not. Right. And and being in the same room and like actually seeing the spit fly mm-hmm. and now knowing like, oh, no, we can never touch each other's spit again. But mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, 
I just miss it. And everybody was so well behaved. And I was chilly, but the weather was not that bad. Anyway, praise report. (laughs) Praise received. It was so good. It was so good. I felt like I won. And it was a double win because the whole day everybody was just like happy. I am sad that I missed people rejoicing outside, though. That wasn't really something that I got to see. Like, in the moment, you know what I mean? Last night as I was watching footage, uh, as I was watching before Biden and Harris spoke live, I just looked at the TV and I go, look, people. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Like, whoa! Where did you guys come from? You know what actually made me cry? You know what made it? I was crying and then it really, like, pushed me over the edge was when everyone came onto the stage. Oh, the whole family? Everyone. Everybody's families. Mm -hmm. And everyone was wearing a mask. I think Biden eventually took his off and, like, Mm -hmm. started waving at people. Mm -hmm. But just to see, once again, that level of respect, and it wasn't even a question. It wasn't like, "Ah, well, who cares, whatever. Like, (laughs) (laughs) grown-ups. Seeing grown-ups being grown-ups. Not being even the people in the audience the way we were right we, there were well, like we one or two people be. right there were one or two people in the audience who had their masks pulled down but legitimately i saw someone see the camera on them and put it back up <laughs> i was a little i mean that crowd coverage made me a little bit nervous because there were people interspersed in there who definitely didn't have masks on but um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, mostly it was that sensation of like, oh, people. But I also Mm -hmm. keep having nightmares where I end up in New York and everything is normal. And I say to someone on the street, like, wow, everything is normal again. They're like, oh, no. And I'm like, uh, uh, but nobody's wearing a mask and everybody's packed in like sardines. And then I run. I run. Wow. Uh, yeah, those are all very stressful. And like, I'm always on, <laughs> I'm always on the way to something that was otherwise normal. You know, I'm going mm-hmm. to an event. I'm going to, I don't know, go have lunch yeah, with someone. Things that we used to do. Yeah. 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 Ugh. It's strange. Although if I could go back, if I could go back and I can't, but if I could go back, I think I would have been less afraid of staying out late on nights where I was tired. Mm. I think I would have gone to see more shit. Um, Even though at the moment in time, it's always like, but I'm tired and that costs money. I know. I know. I do that now. When I definitely know that I want to see people like I I've been canceling plans where I'm just like, ah, this would be good for me and I should do this. But also, I don't know, like I was out late last night and now I'm achy from being out in the cold. So I canceled my plans with Falana today and I felt like a dick. But I I think everybody understands right now. Yes. Right. A thousand percent. It was different before. And if and if there were more nights I don't know, where you just left it all on the table back in the before, maybe oh my it God. would be a little less, you know, like, um, when I, one uh, that's just when I think about, go on, sorry. Uh, one that's just occurring to me right now is that I was in the city, I was in the city sometime in February, 
and I, I, I finished up around the same time that uh, that Shauna was going to have a show, like a clown showcase. She was, I forget mm-hmm. which company was putting it on, but um, everybody was doing a clown act and it had Femme Appeal doing an it act. And I was so yeah. excited. And I thought I couldn't make it because I was busy that night, but it turned out that I was free. But by the time I was free, I was like, oh, but it's nowhere near where I'm parked. So I have to move my car and repark my car and mm-hmm. go. And then there's, you know, then it's not like uh, that it was a not hefty, but a considerable cover charge. Right. It was like 25 mm-hmm. bucks a head or something. That's plus plus yeah. drinks. Right. Um, so, you know, you had to spend, I don't know, $40 to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm tired and I guess I just won't go. Would I have, in hindsight, paid money to go see a bunch of clowns? Yes! Yeah. And to support our friend and go fucking see Femme Appeal do some crazy shit? Uh-huh. Yes! Of course I would But again, but again, like, there is, there is a, um... There's a, a an, um, uh, what am I thinking of? There's an emotional tax. So, mm, so when is. you're, when you're in... You, it's a risk reward sort of thing where you're like, I know that all these things are a pain in the ass mm-hmm. and I know that I'm going to have fun when I get where I'm going. But like, am I going to be able to sit down? I'm going to have to look for yes. a seat. Am I ever going to be able to get one of the drinks that I'm trying to get? Like, <laughs> is it going to be super uncomfortable? Is there going to be a bathroom that I can use without it being gross or weird or annoying? Like, I, this is a, this is a... <laughs> A program that's running in my head anytime I go into the city. And I feel like a lot of New Yorkers feel that way. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, yeah. yeah. Especially as you get older. I like to have fun. Just like the, <laughs> if you're like, let's go have a night on the town. That only happens in movies. It These does. fuckers who just show up in the middle of the Rockefeller Center skating rink. Those assholes. <laughs> Like, no, that's like hours of waiting outside in the cold and then getting sweaty when you're skating and then you're cold and wet for the rest of your day. And then you're probably chafed somewhere (laughs) and then your hair doesn't look good. So even if you do wind up making out with the person, you're both gross. Anyway. Yeah. So that's how I think of everything. Thank you. No, Um, that's important, right? Because it's, I mean, it's not quite spoons, but it has whatever the less high stakes equivalent of spoons is. Right. Just, yeah. yeah. It's the risk risk reward kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, when I moved up here, I was uh, a lot more adventurous. Mm, um, sure. And I, when I think about like things that I wish I was up for now, uh, my friend Randy and I were taking an improv class, and we met this girl named Lola because, of course, her name was Lola, <laughs> and she was she was so crazy. She couldn't have been more than thirty, <laughs> and she had art. She like used to have a an ice cream truck that she ran in Brooklyn. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Um, that she wasn't selling weed out of for whatever reason. Um, and, and she was like, you guys, I host karaoke at this club in somewhere in Williamsburg where I'd never been before, but it was like far enough away from the train that it was definitely going to be a pain in the ass. And Randy and I were like, let's do it. And we did. And we were so we had a great time. We talked to people. We sang karaoke. We hung out with Lola. And then, of course, got so trashed that, like, when we got back down into the subway, we went the wrong way. Multiple <laughs> stops. 
and then had to turn around <laughs> and go back. And then, and then uh, I wound up like Rainy and I both got off at the same subway stop. And then I took a cab back to my grandma's place from there. And I, f- or no, I took the su- lies. Everything's lies. I took the sixth train at Bleecker Street and I fell asleep on the fucking train <gasps> and I wound up in East Harlem. And then I got up out of the subway and hailed a cab and just went back to 77th Street because I didn't know where I was. I was like, it's too late at night. I can't. Oh, my God. With this. So I remember and I remember being like, I think I spent $80 last night mm-hmm. and I don't know what I spent it on. <laughs> and you're young and profoundly poor. And- <laughs> oh, yeah. I moved up to New York with like $800. So. Oh, God. <laughs> um. You know what else uh, I wish I had done? Uh, I wish I had gone with you to that crazy burlesque show that that girl has in her apartment. <gasps> High concept. Yeah. Yes. yes. Of course. That would yep. have been the shit. Yeah. I um. That'll happen again. That'll, that's all that stuff is going to come back it will. at some point. It will. I mean, I especially... Smaller venue stuff, which honestly, if I'm being truly, really like, come on, Jennifer, don't romanticize this. Know thyself. I hate crowds. I really get so anxious with crowds. I don't like them. I don't like having to yell and strain to hear people that I care about. Mm -mm. Like, nope. I I loathe it. What I want to do is go into a crowd, find one or two people that I adore, pull them outside, and go somewhere quiet with them. <laughs> That's, right. And, like, I want to I be able to be comfortable. I want to be able to not be irritated by cigarette smoke. I want to be able to not worry about being fucking hit on or assaulted. <laughs> There's so much that I don't like about being among people <laughs> right well it's funny that you should say that too because because as soon as you were like like finding a quiet spot that's actually one of the things that i liked about smoking was mm. that you would go out of a big crowded loud mm-hmm. place into a far less crowded less loud place yes. and then you immediately had something to talk about with the people who were outside yes. Yes. Who were so also happy to not be in the loud place. Yeah. I <laughs> like, really you can't, hate loud places. You can make a best friend with a smoker in a heartbeat. Like, sure. I have had so many wonderful little capsule conversations with people. <laughs> I, I'm i not saying smokers are more interesting. We're obviously more tortured, but like. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely appreciative of people who don't treat you like uh pariahs for sure right exactly you're in your own little club and we're all like we have to stick together and your day is Uh, accustomed to being punctuated constantly yeah 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 with with every cigarette is is a an opportunity to talk to someone whether you want to or not because people are always going to ask you for a cigarette people are going to ask you questions like people see you and somehow that is an an opening line right there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well now i know what i'm taking up this year <laughs> <laughs> now i know my 2021 resolution <laughs> i'm going to get that i'm going to start that heroin addiction that i've uh, <laughs> been thinking about this whole time um, speaking the slippery of slippery slope, Jennifer, <laughs> it really is. Um, 
speaking of just what an absolute curmudgeon I am when it comes to crowds, there are like there's shit that I will pull. First of all, I will leave the opera early. <laughs> I leave the opera early because I just don't go to the opera. <laughs> I do, I do enjoy the opera. I think going to the Met decked the fuck out is a really fun experience and I like it very much. What I do not like is being tired and crabby at 11 p.m. Mm. and trying desperately to leave fucking Lincoln Center at the same time as an entire Met full of people. Of drunk people. <laughs> of, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And of, of nasty people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Champagne drunk entitled mm-hmm. rich people yes mm-hmm. so uh so yeah i will leave operas before before they're done um and just to make sure that i can leave it's the city. fine you know how it ends it's fine <laughs> i do or i can fucking google it like it ain't new um, i yeah i don't that's i don't i'm not crapping not yucking anybody's yum but opera <laughs> is one thing that i've never really never drawn me in i can marvel at it for sure yeah. but i told you that the one thing that we actually saw at the met was that fucking crazy ass hansel and gretel which is i never <laughs> need to see that shit again <laughs> and it's funny because that's the one thing that i've been like i want to see that and andrew's like i don't think so uh, <laughs> dude i think you would love it it is weird, I'm sure I would. but my but my least favorite thing about it is that they're singing. I like the weird fish heads. I like all of the weird <laughs> art in it. I like how fucked up it is. I like the crazy witch. I don't like that it's historically played by a dude, but that's opera's got a lot of problems with things like that. Mm. Um, uh, they're singing in English, and you can't even tell. <laughs> you can't tell. The superscript, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, and, and I'm just like, just I guess this is what I mean. I guess people like this. <laughs> yes, that's one of those things where I'm just like, I. One, I went, I'm trying to think. Did, uh, go on, sorry. <laughs> the other thing that I that you made me think of when I. When you were like, live music, I may have told you this before, I may not have. I hmm. went to go see one of my favorite artists, Chromio. I love them. Oh, I yeah. I love them. You introduced me to Chromio. Yes, I love Chromio. I mean, not Chromio. in person. They're the shit. Um, and, uh, I don't know, Spotify in like 2014 mm-hmm. uh, was like, hey, Chromio's going on tour. And I was like, ooh, and the tickets were so reasonable. They were like 30 bucks. And they were like, go see Chromio at, ter- at Terminal 5. And I was like, okay. I did oh, not Terminal realize. 5. I did not realize that Terminal 5 was for 18-year-olds on MDMA. Ah. <laughs> um, because <laughs> myself and my friend Morgan... We're like, hey, let's go fucking see Chromio together. And we were. Oh, man. Well, Morgan is Morgan my age. She might be a little bit younger, but we were both like 30. And Mm -hmm. so we met up uh, around the corner and we went and we had dinner together and we caught up. And I don't know, the show was starting at like eight. 
So it's seven thirty or something. We leave we leave the pub to go to Terminal Five, and we get to the venue. And of course, the line is snaking outside. And we're like, mm, "What's going on here?" Eventually, they let us in, where it is nothing but pitch black with strobe lights, with music that's so loud and that is decidedly not chromio that is just like breaking glass everywhere. Everyone oh, in there is young and on E and, and and just too fucking much and needs to sit the fuck down. Mm-hmm. And there are no seats anywhere. Terminal 5 is basically a square building that has a that has a bottom perimeter standing room and a top perimeter standing room, if I recall correctly. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep, and yep. Morgan and I are there by like eight and we're like, cool. And, you know, we're like, oh, I guess they'll be on soon. 8.30, 9, 9.30, They come on at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> and, yep. and by that point, we were tired, probably hungry again, but we were exhausted. Our bodies hurt. And, of course, kids just start fucking, like, I don't know, moshing, knocking into you. It's the mm-hmm. worst. Yeah. And we were both just so di- uncomfortable that, honestly, by 11, I was like, I don't know, Morgan, do you want to stay here? And she's like, not really. I'm like, yeah, me neither. Do you just want to leave? So we only watched them perform for, like, 45 minutes while we tolerated all of these obnoxious uh, children slamming into us and drunkenly being like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just being like, go uh-huh. home. Hire a babysitter. Go home. Um, yeah. So uh, even for things that I think I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. What I really need uh, are friends who have musicians I like doing small parties. Mm. Yeah, I think that that's probably going to be... There's a whole thing. I think it's called Secret NYC or something like that. Ooh. Um, that was a, it was a big thing before all of this, and I think that it's... I think that they're pivoting with this really well. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll send you some information about it, but also... It hinged on being outside. So, so Mm -hmm. I'll see you in the spring is what I'm saying. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Should we go back to winning things? I I feel like I have. Okay. I I mean, I could, you know, reminisce about the good old days. Um, When I think of winning, though, I mostly think of my fucking baton days. Because my mom would, oh. I, I took the I took the group classes and I learned the group um, choreography. And there were like maybe ten of us uh, to like the stupid Yankee Doodle Dandy song or whatever. Um, but my mom realized that there were all of these other categories at the competitions that nobody was nobody was registering for. So she would notice at a competition what people weren't entering, and then enter me into all of them the next time. So it really didn't matter how good or bad I was at anything um because i would still get first place 
So when we were cleaning out my mom's house, I just had like fucking piles of medals and tiny little trophies, just piles and piles and piles. And now when I think about like, I don't want a medal. No, I I have won a couple medals uh, for Burley Picks, which is a burlesque competition. And I took pictures of them and I got rid of them. Like, I just don't want that. Oh, that doesn't make me feel good to have like a hanging around. Well, (laughs) it's also like the the least um, uh, takes up the least space. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) the fact that that's where I'm starting is a little weird. But um, (laughs) yeah, there was like a, a drum major thing where you were supposed you took the baton and you hold the heavy part and you had to like march in a very sharp like square and then you're you're like you bring it from your like chin to your nose to your chin to your nose to your chin to your nose while you're marching 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 oh i know that thing yeah who the fuck cares about that who the fuck cares about that but i had like multiple medals because marcia she loved to win (laughs) she did love to win she did. <laughs> I'm really surprised I never got caught up in any Munchausen by proxy stuff because that was really kind of right up her alley. Oh um, my god! I watched the act. I finally oh, watched the act. Oh uh, my god! Holy shit! I binged it in like two days. And you watched the documentary, right? I didn't watch the documentary. Oh, you should watch the documentary. I want to say the documentary is another thing that's only on HBO or something. It might be, yeah. I think it is on HBO. <sighs> Fucking HBO, yeah, but the, man. Um, the gypsy story is really... Um, oh but the act is so good. Patricia Arquette. So oh, God. Good. I don't even want babies. I would have her babies. Yeah, She's she was brilliant. So and, and Joey King was also really great. Yeah. Really, yeah. really great. Yep. Holy fuck. Fuck! Yeah, yeah, that was so good. I I don't tend to watch dramas, by and large, but yeah, uh, so good. Into them more lately. Um, but yeah, like winning. We, uh, I I definitely told a story about the spelling bee that I entered, <laughs> and I finally won, and then my friend got mad at me. Oh, um, so I won a bunch of stuff doing doing spelling and forensics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I. I, I think I am maybe the kind of person where I'm like, oh, I, I will definitely enter that if I think I can win. But I'm not going to not try for something if I think I might lose. Yeah. But it is nice to get an easy pat on the head every so often. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I am I definitely like a, a stick and a carrot and a gold star and a pat on the head. Yeah, it doesn't hurt at all. And that translates to all kinds of things about my personality. <laughs> but. I, I wish I had gotten them more. I mean, I put out a lot of effort, and I think maybe it speaks to my resilience that I sure. didn't get. I, I didn't win a lot of things. I didn't get rewarded in that way very much. I mean, I was told that I was good. I got good feedback and good support from mentors and friends, but... You know, I didn't bring home the bacon, as it were. (laughs) And I think that maybe helped me, honestly, because I was so used to not being truly acknowledged Mm -hmm. that not getting it wasn't going to stop me from trying. Yeah. You know, like audition to audition, I don't get that role, oh well. Or... Um, you know, submit or like 
submitting screenplays to competitions or, um, you know, there, there, yeah, I feel like I was used to being passed over and not equating that with not being talented. That's great. Which is healthy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that's the reason that a lot of people don't go into the arts because it sure. does feels like it feels like personal rejection. It feels like a repudiation of the fact that you're talented at all. And of course it's not. It's that everything ultimately comes down to numbers, you know? Right. Um, but it is nice. It is nice. Sometimes I, uh, I submitted, I submitted Queens of Daytime to Sundance this year. And I was a Sundance semi-finalist for it. What does that mean? Uh, that means that my script made it to the second to last. The, my script made it to the last round before they decided on whatever their final number was wow. of people who would be doing Oh, my God. I completely <laughs> didn't realize that. Congratulations. That is really awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it was great. Oh, my God. It was great. <laughs> Um, and I sat with, the, I, of course I didn't talk about it because this whole year has otherwise just been a joke, mm. but like, um, yeah, I got that notification in April and they were like, we'll let you know if you're one of the finalists in August. And I was like, that seems unnecessary, but okay. <laughs> and then the day before they were supposed to notify us, I went on social media. I'm like, hey, I might not have this news tomorrow, so I'm going to say it right now because in this moment, before I am maybe not that thing, I am a semifinalist for this. Oh. And and yay me. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think, well, this this dive... I think that I think we're all sort of recalibrating and redefining what we feel like is winning. Like any yeah. little successes, we, everything that we have known about feeling like you're doing a good job mm. is in the upside down right yeah. now. Yeah. All of it. All of it. To the point where even those of us who are rooting for Biden, he won and it still didn't feel like a fucking victory. We were like, ah, yeah. Yay. Can I feel yay? I don't even know what I'm allowed to feel <laughs> good about. And ma- Surely but maybe not this. that's right. But that is very possibly something that I am stuck on where like I have created this rubric for myself about what it feels to win slash succeed because I think a lot they're very tied up in each other. What to win what? To win or succeed. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I have in the past felt like I did a good job when I didn't win something and that felt like enough. But I do think that if I go for too long without feeling like I have a win, then I start to feel like a failure instead of Mm -hmm. a person who's just trying. Fuck. All right. I really need to get a nice fainting couch so I can lay on it when I when I have revelations like this. Oh, yes. A nice velvet chaise where you can I recline know. and with a big feather ostrich pen and a scroll. <laughs> a scroll. <laughs> that sounds cumbersome. <laughs> can I just have someone fan me instead? Yes. While I get the vapors. 
Oh my god, amazing. Yeah, winning winning for me and especially with my mom's voice behind it mm. was always a very um a public uh acknowledgement of of a success. Yeah. And there's nothing like that right now. And I right? think that that and the lack of being of applause for lack of a better Mm-hmm. <laughs> metaphor for sure yes yeah. I gotta re I gotta reteach my soul how to be nourished without needing a fucking gold star all the time mm. I think too like I don't know it, it is it's hard when literally what you're totally accustomed uh, accustomed accustomed to is applause which um you know, when when you make your living on stage, not in not from production to production, but just like you as this mm-hmm. is who I am and I show up and I take my clothes off and I'm funny and sexy and blah, blah, blah. Um, like, at least for me, I'm accustomed to not hearing back. <laughs> like, I put the best work <laughs> I can out there and just like who knows what the hell you're going to hear and you have Mm. to get so seasoned to just letting it go to to expecting nothing back and all of Mm. the satisfaction is you just doing your thing and leaving it on the table and if you hear nothing at all it's fine and so yeah i think that's honestly i think that's why i left theater (laughs) sure and it's even more it's even more of the case in um in film and tv in submitting mm-hmm. audition videos that like i mean my reps are like yay this is great but who knows what the fuck you'll hear back from casting mm-hmm. if anything um right. the days that you get a casting really loved it great job is um rare and lovely and then who knows what the hell it turns into from there on out. It, mm-hmm. It's totally, it, it's just, it's like expecting, expecting a response is enough to make you absolutely fucking bananas. I had, mm. I had an audition for a commercial like two weeks ago and they really liked me. And they had me do a callback, and I can't say anything about it, but if I had booked it, it would have been really exciting. Like, the whole Mm. setup, the whole setup of the production was just really thrilling. And um, so I I had a great audition, I had a great callback, um, and then my commercial agent was like, okay, so, you know, you're going to be on hold they just put you on hold. You'd be on hold, and um, and it'll be from like October thirtieth through November sixth or something. Okay. And by the night of the twenty, I wanted to call. I wanted to fuck around with my hair, <laughs> and so by the night uh-huh. of the twenty ninth, I messaged my manager and I'm like, "Hey, listen, I need to know about that commercial because they haven't." released me from the hold yet but I need to know if I have to be ready to go on set somewhere um so that I don't fuck around with my hair and like they checked in they were like no sorry you were released I'm like okay cool put dye in my hair more purple more pink (laughs) yay (laughs) Yay. 
Oh, it's a fun pink right now. It's really cool. But um, nice. But yeah, like that's just that's what the and that's what it's been all that's what it almost always was anyway, except there was way more time when you're in the room with people. And then mm-hmm. and then whatever happens after the room is just up to fate. Um right. But at least you're in the room and you can feel their energy. Now it's like right. I'm yeah, going to send get you something energy. back. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. even pleasantries. Um mm-hmm. so you you just like you have to get used to just owning it all yourself, which in it, in many ways is a strength and I like it, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry that it's going to be a pain in the ass to get there or I'm going to get stuck in traffic or I'm going to be leered at on the street or I'm going to run into someone I don't like in the waiting room or the, or the casting director's having a bad day or mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about any of that. I go to my area in my home where I know my setup and I know my shit and I do it and I get it done and maybe I don't get to socialize but like... I know I can stick the landing. Mm-hmm. And that's all right. I don't mind that. But, yeah, I mean, I think that what has does it helped mean to me. win? Yeah. I think I've just, I've let go of needing to win a lot. Mm-hmm. Especially when I used to want it so badly when I was younger because I was competitive. and I, And to see... Tim placed first in HI. I was like, man, if I placed first in HI, like, I would just be untouchably good. Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, and there were years that I wanted to win so badly. And just, it just didn't happen for me. Um... I, I mean, I, I placed pretty regularly in forensics, but I would usually get, like, third or fifth place. You know, there was definitely always a sensation of room to grow. Mm. And um, and there were there were swaths of time where I, ha- I had pieces that I didn't place with at all. So, yeah, I... Um, I don't know. Winning winning felt like something that I wasn't allowed to have. Wow. Which is bananas because in terms of like have I gotten things that I wanted, the answer is astoundingly yes, but yeah. winning felt like it wasn't like it like I wasn't meant to have it. Mm. I I felt like that about a number of, you know, I've talked about how like oh, I guess I'm not going to be a businesswoman. <clears throat> <laughs> if it's if it's not for me, if I don't feel like it's something that's embracing me, I am very, I'm the first person to opt out of it. Which, frankly, is technically a good thing, right? To read that energy and feel like, is it a hell yes or a hell no? Um, mm-hmm. The only caveat is, like, you have to go by your gut feeling. So mm-hmm. are you really bad at business, but you love it a lot and you're driven to work on it all the time? That's not a hell no. Mm-hmm. It just means right. you got to get good at it. <laughs> yep. Well, damn. Well, damn. You got recommendations? I feel like we haven't done recommendations the last couple of weeks. I, I yes, this is super dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been watching Emily in Paris on Netflix and it is vacuous frothy fluff. That's what about- I read. 
about <laughs> a girl who she's an American. She's a brunette with like incredible hair. Um, perky. She knows social media. She gets sent to like her, the French version of her, the French office of her marketing company. And everybody is like, Oh, va, you are American. We do not care about you. Learn our weird customs. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> fon, fon, fon. Uh, and she's like, I'm just a girl with ideas and big eyeballs. And of <laughs> course she's got like eyes. a hot neighbor and like, oh, Lord. S- no, no, no. Listen, it is super dumb and she's charming as hell. And and the more I started watching it, I was like, oh, these are actually rather complex characters and these actors mm-hmm. are all actually really good and this is actually really hot. And <laughs> I watched them so quickly that when the 10th episode came and went and it was the season closer, I was like, wait, where's the next one? Is my remote broken? <laughs> <laughs> nope, there's only one season and I ate them real fast. So <laughs> if you're in the mood for something real real goofy, silly with pretty people in it, why not? But if you're like me, you relate far more to that meme of Kombucha Girl where the first piece is, where the first picture is the grimace with watch a new show and the second one is the face with watch my favorite show for the 15th time <laughs> yes i've been doing far more of that for sure uh, uh we have revisited so many old like we're we're re-watching a couple of different um series we're still working on community uh oh i just rewatched all of friends from college because i friggin love it yes i haven't rewatched yeah. that i would totally re- oh, god so good Oh, it's so good and cringy and awful and wonderful. That show, I mean, without the drama necessarily, that show makes me think of you and your friends from college. And those are are relationships that I don't have. But I mean, just watching it, I'm like, oh my God, look at how much they love each other. Yeah, but it's mostly, yes, but it's mostly, it's (laughs) mostly all of our partners being Billy Eichner being like, why the fuck? What's wrong with all of you? Who do you become when you're around each other? And how come, how come I can't be part of this, but also I don't want to be part of this, but fuck you, because I can't be. <laughs> yes. Yes. And how incapable we are of just, like, including other people in our dumb, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, reminiscences, I suppose. Hey, I mean, look, I am all for you locking that shit down and protecting that unit. I get Aww. it. No, seriously. A thousand percent. Because that's a moment in time, you know? Yeah, but, you know, I don't know if you remember the series, but it also winds up not particularly healthy. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't rewatched it. Instead... The moral of the story is not like, (laughs) hold on to your friendship. (laughs) Instead, I am on my 19th rewatch of The Office, and it is the same Uh, wonderfully soothing balm. I mean, good lord... All of seasons one, two, and three, I can recite almost verbatim, um, because long before fucking Netflix was what it was, I had the DVD sets of them, and I would just watch them constantly. That's how I saw Arrested Development was on a DVD set. Oh, I love Arrested Development. I could rewatch that, too. I I told you I had a sex dream about, um, now I can't think of his name, Matthew Broderick, that's not his name, Jason Bateman. Yes, you did. Yep. And you've been watching Never. Ozark. Yep. 
So again, a little <laughs> twisted, little little dark over here right now. <laughs> uh, the only new thing that I have watched of late, I watched I watched a million and one horror movies over uh, October. Um, a good number of new ones and some rewatches of uh, of stuff that I already know that I love. Um, Dude, I'm still having nightmares from Hereditary. <gasps> oh my god. Oh my god! When did you watch Hereditary? On Halloween, uh, we did a double feature <gasps> you with. Never told me. Oh, I'm sorry. We also watched The Witch. <laughs> uh, the Witch, I could really take or leave. I mean, the the uh... <laughs> the Witch, I could take or leave. Same filmmaker who did The Witch also yeah. did The Lighthouse. Did you watch The Lighthouse? No, okay. I thought it was the same person who did Midsummer. Though, is that? No, two different filmmakers. They're both bizarre. The guy who did The Witch also did The Lighthouse, and the guy who did Midsummer also did Hereditary. I see. They're both oh, bananas. The Lighthouse just oh. came up on um, Jeopardy. Oh. That's weird. Well, clearly, the li- clearly, I have to watch that. The Lighthouse is fucking bananas. And let me tell you, I realized in watching it that it, that it borrows from, wait for it, Weekend at mm. Bernie's. <laughs> No. <laughs> yes. Oh, hooray. Good, the Lighthouse is so bizarre. The Witch, I honestly, I really, like, the the ambiance was good. It, aesthetically, it was very good. I didn't find it to be the horrifying horror film that everybody said. Hereditary, though? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. Hereditary is so fucked up. And I don't understand the, like, four people on Twitter who were like, Hereditary is really more of a drama. No. Mm-mm. What? Hereditary is a <laughs> boss horror movie. God, it's really it's more of a drama. Yeah. Uh, okay. Look, I realize you're looking to the fucking, um, uh, what's the word I want? Um, allegory there. And yeah, of course sure. it's an allegory, but come on. That was so good. So fucked up. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Hereditary definitely, that one scared me. I gotta tell you, though, I don't know if I love Toni Collette, but that's another conversation for another day. Like, I don't know, I think that I don't, I think I don't like her as an actor. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I, I think I can embrace her as a storyteller, but I think that she's a little, uh, I think that her style is a little contrived. Um, But we'll, we'll dive into that another time. You ever watch The United States of Tara? Yeah, yep, that was when I first started realizing That it. was when you felt that way. Oh, interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. I, we'll uh... <laughs> uh, I adore you, congratulations, I adore you. because we're all winners right now. We are Even people who think they're not winners right will find out that they are winners. We'll find, yeah, God. We are, um, uh, uh, uh fuck buddies, uh, and my, my deep recommendation to you, if this is... If this is the the way that your heart is feeling, obviously, uh, if it's not, feel free to disregard. But if your heart is feeling like, oh my God, if we get Georgia, those Democratic senators, then mm. hallelujah. Well, Georgia could really, really use our help over the next two months for that Senate runoff. So please... Um, I'm going to try and put something in the show notes, but like all you have to do is Google like help Georgia get out the Senate vote or something. Um, there are going to be tons of resources on phone banking and postcarding and letter writing and just 
ways to engage Georgia citizens um, in this two-month lead-up that could honestly make this presidency capable of the kind of change we actually want to enact. Yes, that's great. There's still things to be done. So many. Oh, yes. A million and one things to be done. Oh. And that is the most helpful one at this moment in time. Uh, uh, the one last thing. Yes. Um, because I haven't watched Saturday Night Live from last night, but somebody uh, mentioned that Alec Baldwin apparently <laughs> held up a sign that just said, you're welcome, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> but that that was a nice, uh, a bit of a... A bookend to Kate McKinnon singing Hallelujah as Hillary Clinton. I don't know if you ever saw that or if you remember it, but it was just after the election four years ago. And, like, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Like, to be able to go back and listen to that, watch that now, knowing how things are about to progress, it takes on a different tenor entirely. So. That is a very good recommendation. As soon as I get off with you. I love you. Cry. I love you too. We love you, fuck buddies. Um, We love you. Hope you've got some more joy and resilience in your heart than you did uh, this time last week. Yay. Yay. Okay, bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.